to Orange is the New Cast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for Netflix's Orange is the New Black. I, I guess you'd call it a television so, show, an internet yeah. release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't believe people debate about what's TV and not TV. I mean, I figure if it comes on my TV, it's, it's, a television, it's television. Or if I, I guess it's streamed to my laptop, it doesn't touch a TV. If there's light coming out of my eyeballs... <laughs> And hitting my eyeballs at the same time sound is hitting my ear holes. It's television. It's that's, television. That's my – and it's pretty good television in this case. Yeah. I'm your host, Aaron. Joining me is Nina Perez from ProjectFandom.com. Hey, hey guys. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. You probably heard her on the preview cast, and she's first up the bat. For the first episode of Season 2 of Orange is the New Black, Thirsty Bird, let's talk about – First of all, let's be real. You've seen the whole season. You just marathoned like a beast, didn't you? I did. That was my Friday last I, week. I'm not too far behind you. I've only got two episodes left to go. And it's going to be mm-hmm. an interesting experience because the nature of this is we're pro- I'm probably going to record episodes out of order because, you know, I need to uh, record with Kelly for episode four two days from now. And then I'm going to do three with it. It's going to be kind of weird and disjointed, but hopefully it'll, it'll hang together better than I'm making it sound. Mm-hmm. I've only got two episodes left. I'm on episode 11, I believe. So I don't have, I'm not too far behind you. Uh, what have you thought of the season? Just no spoilers. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the season as far as, is it as good as season one, better than season one? How is it stacking up for you? I actually thought it was better for me than season one. Um, I think I mentioned in the preview cast that I had marathon like the first six of season one and then stopped watching for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, There were some aspects of it that really turned me off a lot of the stereotypes, but um, this season I think has been a lot better. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like, again, no spoilers, but I feel like I got a lot of the things that I was looking forward to that I mentioned in the preview cast. Yeah, and it's been a lot more fun to watch. Right on. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I think everything that I was nervous about in episode, you know, in the preview cast turns out that I didn't need to worry about and I thought this show got almost wiry in the wire, you know, <laughs> as aspects to the wire in its social commentary about yeah, I- you know, what, what people's, um, mental faculties, their, uh, socioeconomic status, their racial profile, how all this goes into who is the makeup of our prison and how they end up in prison and what that says about us as a society. Do you, am I off base here or did you feel that too? No, I absolutely agree. And I actually, when I was saying that it was a lot more fun to watch, I was going to add, which is, Weird, considering that I think in some ways it was a lot darker than the first season and some of the things that it made us uh, face in terms of, like you said, what happens to people when they go to prison, how certain people end up in prison. They're kind of dark and depressing. Um, So I feel bad saying that it was more fun to watch this season, but it was – yeah, I think it was much better in terms of storytelling. I think it was so much better than season one. Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like the first episode, Thirsty Bird, was almost baiting me and challenging me because it was all Piper. Yes. Like if you wanted to find out about what's going on with Tasty or what's going on with Red, uh, what's going on with Pousset, any of that shit, fuck you because it's all Piper all the time. And the thing is, so they opened this this episode. We're just going to jump right into the recap. 
where Piper gets awakened in the shoe and you don't really know what's going on and she doesn't really know what's going on. There's some strange guards and they're hustling her out of here and they're shoving her on a bus, which eventually leads to her being on a plane. You find out it's the federal marshals. She's been transferred, transferred someplace, but no one will tell her anything. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know how some people describe like what it's like to be claustrophobic? Yeah. Like you just think about a tight space, you can get like hyperventilated. Yeah. This was like nails on chalkboard with me. The fact that there's this person wanting to know what is happening to them and people just <laughs> refusing to tell her. It drove me fucking crazy and put me right in Piper's shoes. How did you react to that? It's funny you say that because – and I'm going to try really hard not to be a hater because I do not like this character. Um uh, there were a couple things that happened in this episode that endeared me to her a little bit more. But because I didn't like her, even though I understood that she had every right, like at one point she was like, you know, I have I have rights. You can't just do this. You can't just put me on a bus to nowhere and not tell me where I'm going. Even though I understood that she was well within her rights to know and I could understand why she was freaking out. That whole, I have to go pee and just like talking to them like she was requesting room service, like it, it it bothered me a little bit, but I, I realized that it's probably because I'm a hater because I don't like Piper. <laughs> um, but I don't know about you, but I really thought at this point, I thought the episode, I thought it was a dream. Yeah, I kept on wondering that too. Um, there was a couple points where I'm like, nah, this has got to be a dream. And I think I finally gave up that theory when they actually got on, uh, got on the plane. Oh, you're going to laugh at me. I didn't give it up until way later. Maybe, you know, but I think that like when they start talking about the the roaches and the Yoda, I might have it might have briefly <laughs> rekindled. Yeah. There was the um there was the conversation with the guards, um the one with the Mila Kunis ass when he was mm-hmm. saying you got to have the Kunis ass. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing felt so over the top. Yes. And the demanding you know, so poochies. I thought is this for real? Is this really happening? Mhm. Um, and then the the girl on the plane that kept falling asleep, or the one that well, she just fell asleep. She was really nervous, and then she just fell asleep. Like her clothes were street clothes, but everybody else had on prison uniforms. So I was just like, "Is this really happening?" It took me a while to realize it wasn't a dream. The thing that kept convincing me that it wasn't because there was so much bizarre th- stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the thing that kept convincing me before I digress yet again was the fact that there's all these Piper flashbacks. And I'm like, yeah. this is some serious Inception shit. <laughs> if she's a dreaming and then flashing back full body into a dream, I mean, like one more level, she hits limbo and <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio comes out and kills the some Asian top, man. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. That's what I'm like. There's no way that they're doing something that crazy. And, but then something weird like, you know, they're they're gluing uh cigarettes under the batch of bag of roaches was toothpaste would happen and i'm like okay what the fuck yeah um before we get off the plane do we want to talk about how rough Lori petty's looking um sure go ahead i did not recognize her until i was looking up um someone had mentioned about her looking rough in the facebook threads and i looked her up and i'm like oh yeah she's the girl from uh, a league of her own and a couple other things yeah the, my first thought was um was she the girl in Point Break? I feel like she was. Could be. Could yeah, be. but I, I just I couldn't believe that it made. I don't know about you. I'm 39 years old, and I looking at her, I felt really old. <laughs> I was like, how long has she been around? Well, she's 50 um, but years was, old, so she's got a few more miles on the tire, and she's okay. also appearing probably in 
either no makeup or made up to look like she's not wearing makeup. True. She True. was in Point Break. Break. Mm-hmm. Point Break, A League of Their Own, and then I think someone else Holy played Tank Girl. Holy shit, she played Tank Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, she's looking rough compared to that. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know. It's okay. I feel like maybe you're hesitating as a man. You don't want to say that she looks rough. I can say it. She looks rough. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, I, I was just saying as a man, I don't think about that. Or at least I have to be – a lot. I have to. I have to be older and lose more hair before I start thinking about the ravages of time. That's one okay. of the things. Like, uh, bald, fat Sean Connery at the age of seventy can be one of people's sexiest men alive. True. So it's like we just have it easier. It's yeah, not. We we're playing life on easy mode here, as far as you know, keeping up our looks. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that's what it is. <laughs> Um, what did you think of Piper's uh, confession on the plane? Because at this point, we don't know. Did she kill Pensataki? And then she does that. They did that thing where like the camera slowly pans around her face and she's doing the chin quivering crying. What did you think of that? First of all, I'm all over the map at what I think about Taylor Schilling. Uh, <laughs> I think she mostly does good, but there's something about the way she cries that makes me think of – like there, I, I I don't know if you've ever known this, but there's some women that I've known that are deliberate criers, or mm. like they cry in situations to like kind of like in the fight or whatever. I don't know if you've had a girlfriend like that or, Mm-mm. um, but it, it it's there's something staged about it, and I wasn't yeah. sure if that's because she just is having a hard time fake cry, you know crying for you know acting. Mm-hmm. Or because we're supposed to believe that Piper doesn't really feel this torn up about it and she's trying to act that way. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it's the first. I felt like it was – it felt like bad crying acting. Yeah. And there's a couple other points in the season where, spoiler alert, she mm-hmm. cries. And I every single time I'm just like, wow, this I, – I don't think this girl's got a good handle on stage crying. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. You know, when they got on the airplane and we had razor blade tongue and, you know, double maxi pad and then the dudes got on, I was, I, there was a real Con Air vibe. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah. getting kind of excited because I'm like, if this is a dream sequence or any other way that they can work, uh, you know, uh, some references to a bad Nick Cage film, I'm all the way in. And then we had the one guy who said that uh, the only thing in the Midwest is planes, corn, and a shit ton of white people who don't vote in their best interest. As a Midwesterner, that's maybe an unfair stereotype, but not entirely unwarranted. <laughs> I, although, it was pretty funny. I do have a problem with the geography that this dumb this this uh, hillbilly looks out the window and is like, hey, it's mountains, it's the Midwest. And the guy corrects him, and then I don't know if this is a bad edit. Or what direction they're coming from, but then Chicago's right outside the window. Oh, okay. I think that's a bad edit. Because they're yeah. either – I mean my, my take is they came from New York. They pr- He probably saw the Appalachian Mountains and then yeah. several, out, several hours of flying past that or an hour and a half, two hours of flying past that, you'd come across Chicago. Because there – I assure you, there are no mountains anywhere near Chicago. 
Yeah, yeah, that you're right. That's probably what it was. Because the guy who corrected him didn't even—I don't even think he looked out the window. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the guy's never seen mountains. But there's nothing. I mean, the, Chicago is in the part of the country where the glaciers pushed everything flat. I mean, I've, I'm yeah. from that part of the country. It's flat, flat, Kansas, flat, all the way around. There's no hills that you could confuse for mountains. Even. <laughs> um, I did uh, a couple things. Uh, I really liked the scene of her peeing in front of the marshal and him saying to hurry it up. And she's like, I'm going as fast as I can. He's like, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds a little light. And then she, you can actually hear her peeing harder. Yes. And that was really good. I was watching the second time with subtitles on and the subtitles are hilarious because it's like, uh, uh, Piper begins to urinate and then urination continues and then urinating forcefully. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of other. You know, this is another one. The stock and trade of this show is some gross personal hygiene tips. Uh, yes. What do you make of earwax for lip balm? That that and the pee pads bothered me so much. I could, I, I'm I could not taste a prude, it. but you found it what? I, no, I could taste it. Like when oh. I was like, I was making this like blah, 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 face the whole time. Earwax yes. as you know, no, that's bad. Yeah, I love it. She was like, what makes you think if I would actually do this and if I could actually reach across the aisle without them seeing me, like, how would I get under the face guard? And I like mm. the girl was like, so what, you're not even going to try? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's basically what's happening. Yeah. And the guy who the guy who sat down, I think we get his name later, but the the guy, the black guy who kept calling her first class and he was like trying to hit on her. Yeah, the assa- the uh, qua- the assassin. The yes. Hitman. I thought at one brief moment when he first got on the plane, I thought it was the guy who played Omar in The Wire. Mm, mm. For one quick – no, you're like, no, he would not – he doesn't need the money that bad. No, but I really thought it was him for like a brief second. But that's kind of who he reminded me He does have a similar sneer. Mm-hmm. It was something about him. Yeah. Yeah. He, there's, there's definitely a similar sneer. Um, that guy was a lot thicker than Omar. Yeah, he was. Uh, what did you? So the other problem, I guess not a problem I had in the episode, but one of these things like, is this for real? Mm-hmm. Do they really treat prisoners this badly? Um, I understand like, you know, they've you've got prisoners that are trying to razor blade you and spit in your face and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. is it unusual to like snatch up a prisoner in the middle of the night and throw them on a bus and throw them on a plane and not tell them anything about where they're going? Yeah, I don't know how realistic that is. The only thing I could think is when we find out later why she's there, um, the only thing I could think is if they expect that's something her attorney should have told her. Do you know what I mean? So like the guards maybe are like, yeah, this is not what we get paid to do. All I know is I'm putting you, but at the very least, you would think they would say, we're going to the airport. And then someone else might say, we're going to Chicago. But I'm wondering like the details of why she's going and all that. I think that that's something that they would have expected to come from her attorney. Yeah, Um, which was a big question. Where the hell was her attorney? And why didn't she know about this? Yeah, I love I love her attorney, though. Larry's dad. Larry's dad. Sure. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. Um, but uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't I don't know. I actually have um, an aunt who just retired from being a corrections officer, and my uncle is still one in Atlanta. And as I watched this whole series, as a matter of fact, I found myself wondering, why would you want to do this job? Yeah. Like, why would you want to tell somebody to bend over and grab their ankles and like right. spread their ass cheeks? Like, I don't know. Uh, is the pay that good? If they have good benefits, I don't get it. Like, right. I don't know why you would want to do this job. I mean, I get that there is 
a little bit of detachment that you have to have and you kind of be, you know, ironic and whatever. But Mm -hmm. it seems like that your main job is to keep these people, which a lot of them are crazy and a lot of them are unstable, as calm as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And rushing them off in the middle of the night and packing them on and not telling them anything and kind of being verbally uh, and physically abusive at every single opportunity doesn't seem like it – it fits in there. And a lot of times I just wonder like how much of this is dramatic and how much of this is, you know, I, mm. I don't doubt a lot of this shit goes down in prisons everywhere, but is it routine or is it like, yeah, I get you. Yeah. But anyway, that's a, a, a casual wondering I had, um, have another flashback somewhere around here before, uh, they get off the plane where Piper flashbacks to sneaking into dazed and confused mm-hmm. and sees her father, having an affair apparently with another woman. And later in the episode, she tells her mom this and her mom pretends like she didn't hear it. And in fact, punishes Piper for telling her. Yes. What did you make of all that and how it fits in with the theme of the episode? Some of that might not be mature enough to talk, but what, what did you make of these, these flat, these kind of like parallel story we're seeing Piper as a kid being risk adverse, trying to do the right thing be encouraged to be casually dishonest by a family versus Piper in the present day. Um, Well, first I want to say that first flashback that you just mentioned about um, when she was on the bus and she wouldn't jump off the back of the bus. Mm -hmm. That was another thing where I thought this might be a dream because I swore it was the same guy, like her bus driver. Oh, right. It was, it's very close. Yeah. And the way they kind of faded off of his current bus driver looking in the rear view and then the school bus. Okay. Um, So I will say, I don't know. I'm one of those people that I, I don't know that I think children can really act. (laughs) Certainly there are some other that do a good job, but I thought that this little girl um, in some places, it was a little cringeworthy, but I have to say when the moment her mother clearly heard her and Mm -hmm. digested the news and it felt like it wasn't the first time. Do you know what I mean? Like her husband, but not so much that it wasn't still a slap in the face. Exactly. That moment where she says, what movie did you see? And Mm -hmm. then she, punishes her for going to see this, you know, inappropriate movie. I, my, I felt sick to my stomach for that little girl, for, sure. for little Piper. I mean, that's gotta be a mind fuck, right? Yeah. As a mom, it just felt like it's so the opposite of what you're supposed to do with your children. Like in terms of protecting them, she's already been devastated and right. it just felt like adding on to- unnecessarily on top of it. And I do think that it says a lot about, um, Piper's character and even the advice she gets later from the grandmother about holding on to secrets and telling mm-hmm. lies if it's going to, I think I wrote it down, something like um, making a choice that causes the least amount of pain to others. Mm. And I don't know that that's necessarily something we saw Piper do a lot of in the first season, but I definitely think the things that play out in this episode in particular, we see her do that and then she gets fucked for it. <laughs> like, And also it's like her father told her that, you know, always be careful and always be safe and have a uh, upstanding character. Mm. She sees that, that he's a hypocrite. Yes. And then the other side of family saying, well, you know, try to do the least harm, try to tell the truth, but you know, Try try not to rock any boats and kind of go with the flow and and mm-hmm. and and live life and all that stuff. I feel like she adopted that philosophy and rejected her father's maybe to an extreme. Yeah, that, that I can she see just that. she's there's no balance and you know a lot of the predicament she finds herself in is because she can't strike that balance between 
you know, standing, picking the, picking the mouse, being an upstanding character and doing what's right versus not hurting people's feelings versus not caving into peer pressure. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, arguably that's her, that's her whole relationship with Alex in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. I think she, she actually said something to her later about, um, I can't remember. It was something about like, can't you ever do that? And she says, well, I find it funny that I only find myself having to make these types of decisions when I'm with you, you know, or when I deal with you. Right. Right. Yeah. It is a pretty, um, um, messed up relationship. I think it's an interesting observation because I honestly think Piper is kind of a shitty human being all around. It's just that she only gets shit on when she's involved with Alex. Usually she's shitting on other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, there's plenty of time to talk about how much we hate Piper throughout the season. <laughs> yes. Um, so she she gets in. She goes to Chicago. Um, it also blows my mind that there are, I guess, co-ed prisons. Another thing I didn't research, but oh, my God. It That's, seems like a nightmare. D- again, another thing in my notes. Men and women together, big question mark. Because I'm thinking this cannot – this this can't be the way it's done. I don't ever no. think that it's this way. But yeah. I mean, apparently so. It just would, it just, I just think that it would cause so many problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe some temporary thing or I don't know, but just in the fact that they were allowed to mix, like, hey, we got men serving you the food and they're able yeah. to run notes to each other. I mean, that just seems like, uh, all the worst things about high school, <laughs> except for weaponized and replace all the people in high school with criminals. Yes, with violent tendencies, exactly. And, men, yeah. and, and questionable uh, mental stability. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. And I think that even at one point she had a, she had a writing pen. And I was like – like they give them plastic silverware, but they're allowed to like walk around with ballpoint pens. Like That's I'm true. telling you, I will get to the point where I was – finally convinced it wasn't a dream but i was it was so much going on at this i'm still at this point aaron i'm thinking she's dreaming this isn't real right on uh so she gets she in, she introduced uh it gets introduced with her i guess fellow inmates uh and we find out that it's basically uh two pretty hardcore ladies uh one kind of shy doesn't say much redhead and a crazy astrology lady Mm-hmm. And the two hardcore ladies uh, have got this scam running where – and I don't understand. I do not understand how this is supposed to work. But apparently they've got cockroaches that they've trained to run cigarettes back and forth yep. and and take back whatever they use for money, I think, stamps. Yeah. This seems like a huge problem, this system. And not only that, but they're running them back and forth from the general population to solitaire. Did you catch that part? Yeah. How are you allowed – like, I'm telling you. I'm like, this is bullshit. This is does not exist. This is not happening. Also, how – I've never seen – I'm from Brooklyn, and I've never seen roaches that big. No, those are Madagascar hissing cockroaches because real-life roaches, a four-inch long roach, no. Because they're like, okay. it can't be small – can't be smaller than two, can't be bigger than four. And I'm like, no, I'm – same way. I've been in some urban areas, and roaches just don't get that damn big. No. Okay. So those are like the roaches they make you eat on Fear Factor. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Last seen, some uh, you know uh, college co-ed is not noshing on them on Fear Factor. Um, Uh, What did you What did you think of Joyce, the main one, the the crazy black lady with the? So you knew all their names. Uh, I I found that she sings "Natural Woman" while taking a loud deuce in the middle of the room. (laughs) That is interesting, but that's like prison life, right? What else are you gonna do? I I wonder. I mean, clearly they have to do that because the toilet is just there. Yeah, um, but that's that's nasty, man. 
yeah, it was, I was wondering if that was like the welcome, like, you know, the new person. So you, you try to be as disgusting and as intimidating as possible, but I have a feeling this is something she does on the regular. But I mean, even like, let's say it's burrito <laughs> night. I don't, that, and then like, I don't care what, there's no polite way to take one of those kinds of shits. No, there isn't. It, so, was- I mean, that's just that uh, reason number 371, the Aaron could not survive in prison. Uh, I, I could shit in front of people without, but people shitting in front of me, I just put me off my food perpetually. (laughs) See, you're a dad. So, you know, there's no privacy when you have a kid. Kids are like immune to that. Kids can come into the bathroom while you're doing anything to ask you something. They don't care. But after a certain age, I can't shit in front of anybody. I'm just not doing it. It's been a while since I've had to change diapers and wipe ass, but you do get gradually used to fecal matter. And people pooping mm-hmm. in front of you and all that stuff. But you lose that pretty quick, too. And, again, it's different when you're changing a baby's diaper versus a grown-ass person taking grown-ass shits in front of you. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have a problem with it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, so we talked about the natural woman. Uh, she calls. She gets a phone call in. She calls Larry and requests that he send her lawyer, his lawyer father. She mentioned something interesting. She goes, I fucked up and not in that, oh, that Piper kind of way, which – or she goes, not in that fun, oh, that Piper kind of way, which I know is growing old, which I was like, thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> because this is a whole other different your, – your normal level of fucking up is already annoying. But, you know, you know, killing Pensatucky or whatever, landing in, in federal prison is a whole other level. But uh, interestingly enough, that actually works and uh, he comes out to see her, which I was kind of wondering if that would be part of a plot point that nobody comes you know, and like, what oh, is she yeah. going to do? Yeah. Um, sh- what did you think about the scene where she goes out in the yard and it's it's wintertime in Chicago, so it's cold. Mm-hmm. And there's a group of penguins there that they call themselves. And they, yes. they take turns huddling with people rotating in and out of the center, just like, you know, you know, Morgan Freeman told us about the penguins. <laughs> yes. Uh, wh- uh, the uh, lady she met on the plane, which was played by Lori Petty. Yes, uh, Lolly. Lolly. So she comes up and, and tries to chat up Piper, and these girls are like, fuck off, and they lead to a fight. And uh, Lori, what did you guys say her name was? Lo- I think it was Lolly. Lolly gets punched in the face by one of the penguins, and she's like, Piper, help me. But Piper's just frozen. She can't do anything. Aaron, at yes. this point, I'm like, it's a dream. This It felt so fake. The, the way everything the, they were like come come uh come join the circle and keep warm or do you want to turn in the middle and i'm like this is not real this is not really <laughs> happening and i thought that this was supposed to be kind of a statement on her character and not doing the right thing so the way that this woman that she just met is la- lying there being pummeled and she's looking at piper like their best friend friends and saying help me help me and piper's frozen it felt so fake and dreamlike to me and then at this is the point where she, sees, she turns around she's alex and so that must have been like oh sold it's got to be a dream right yes I'm what like, are this the is odds not really happening yeah um no and he's like why would she just now see alex yeah are they did just, they really send a separate bus and a separate plane, or did Alex get transferred to a different facility? No, she didn't, because she just talked about being working in the laundry and hearing daily updates about Tucky. Yeah, that kind of felt contrived too, because I was like, I was trying to catch up. Like, wait a minute, what the fuck? 
Is the federal government that inefficient that he'd send a whole different plane and a whole different bus to fetch two prisoners at the same facility for the same trial? Clearly, clearly that's what we're supposed to believe because I think at one point Piper did say she was she's been in the shoe for a month. Right, right. Yeah. So I bought her not knowing anything, but yeah, it, it, it the shoe is in the same facility. It makes no sense that they would send separate buses and put is, her on a different well, plane. Well, maybe because they did mention because she goes, "Am I going back to camp?" So maybe it is on a different. It's it's offsite. Yeah, because oh, you know what? And those were new guards, so right. But I figured that's just because they're federal marshals. They'd come in to to fetch her, and that's why she didn't recognize them. Oh, even the black guys, the ones, the ones that we're talking about, the Mila Kunis asked, those were marshals too. I thought so. I mean, they didn't oh, maybe. Have, okay. They, um, because you know, why else wouldn't she recognize them? Yeah, true. And they were yeah, signing. I'm just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a little fuzzy, and I don't think it really matters. But it's just one of the things where I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Can I just point out my favorite line though? Right before the fight, go for it. She says, "Oh, come on, you got to get out of here with that molest me, daddy voice." <laughs> Yes, yes, totally. What the, what the fuck is a molest me daddy voice? I don't know. If she if she thinks that's a molest me daddy voice, she wait till she gets a, a hold of Morello. Yes. Because she's got the molest me daddy voice turned to 11. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, That was a pretty good – I had that written out of my notes too. Um, so she sees Alex. She goes up to the sneering assassin, the, the Omar-esque, the thicker Omar sneering assassin – Wants to get a note to Alex, and he says it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your pair of four-day-old panties. This is reason. This is first foremost reason you can't have men and women in prison because the whole the it fucks up the whole black market. Yeah, the whole bartering. Because I totally buy that men would buy women's panties for God knows how many stamps or cigarettes or whatever. Um, (laughs) And they're just yeah, it's just it's it's just a huge imbalance in the bartering system. Now, does she in this scene? Does she offer him first? She offered him a kiss, and he said, um, "I'm a predator, bitch. It's no fun if you offer." Right. And then she says something like, "Well, there's no yeah, uh, there's no private place where you can get away and sexually assault me. So what do you want?" Right. Uh, did she offer him a hand job? I thought, yeah, something like that. Because <laughs> she said something about I could use my hand. Right. Right. And he's like, oh, "Whatever." Piper. Yeah. Was hey. she serious? I think so. and this the one thing I do like about Piper is she's noticeably tougher and less, you know, oh my god, I'm a I'm a privileged white girl and I'm in prison, I'm just shocked and offended at everything I see. She mm-hmm. rolls with the punches a lot more this year, which I enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. She rolls with the punches and takes the hand jobs as they come. And gives out the hand jobs if need be. I also like when do. she find out that he was a hitman and her thought was, Thank God, I thought he was a rapist. <laughs> And the girl goes, you're fucking weird. Yeah, and she is. Um, speaking of rape, uh, we see her wake up in the middle of the night, and the astrology girl is licking her in the face, demanding to know when she was born. Uh, that didn't really go anywhere, did it? No, and I forgot to mention, someone pointed out, this is just a bit of, uh, I guess, interesting to note. When she introduced herself, I think her name is Masal. She She introduced herself by saying she's from a part of Michigan and one of my close friends is from Michigan. My husband's from Michigan. And apparently there's a thing where they hold up their hand. Yes. In the shape of the state. Yeah. It's a Michigan thing. And they point to the region. Apparently the region she, part of her hand she pointed to is not correct for wherever she said she's from. Yeah. Yeah. So just, 
point. I don't know if there's any people from out there from Michigan that this was like sticking in your craw, bothering you. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you're not the only one. Other people noticed it, but I didn't get it. But um, yeah, so if you're from Michigan, you know what's up, and you also know that they fucked that up. They fucked it up. Um, but yeah, this was frightening because I can't remember if this is before or after we find out that she bit off her girlfriend's tongue and swallowed it. Did the the astrology girl did that? Yes. She told her at one point. Oh, right. Yeah. She said like almost matter of a fact. It wasn't. Yeah. 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 So I couldn't remember if this is before or after, but this is, yeah. But you got to remember at this point, I'm still thinking this whole thing is, no, no, no. I'm sorry. This is the point where I knew it wasn't a dream right before this, when she walks up to um, Omar Eskai mm-hmm. to, to acquire about, uh, inquire about his services. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene started with that astrology girl talking to other people and Piper wasn't in the scene. Oh, right, right. So she walks up and then I was like, okay, this can't be, a, that's the thing that took it for over the edge for me. I was like, okay, this isn't a dream because why would she be privy to any of this? If you know what I mean? Like this that's is when, I think, one of the first scenes where she wasn't in. That's when your totem stopped spinning and it fell over and you knew. Yes, this I was is, like, this okay, is, this is not Inception. This is real life. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, also right about here. So she finally meets with Alex, and she mm-hmm. finds out she didn't kill Tucky. And she's here for a trial of Alex's old boss, Kubra, mm-hmm. who's been extradited. And Alex is very warning about testifying. Like, hey, look, this guy's not – you don't know him. He's not going to go to jail. You testify, it's going to be bad news for you because he'll wreak his terrible Turkish vengeance from afar, apparently. And that's kind of what we get out of that. Then we have the flashback to her grandma uh, talking about her mom being cheated on, how she didn't want to, uh, you know, she she got punished for it, and her grandma's advice to, what was it? What what what? Did you, how do you describe that again? She says sometimes you have to make the choice that causes the least amount of pain to others. Right. Yeah. That immediately segs into her talking to Larry's dad, who's a lawyer. And he's trying to stonewall her and just being like, look, you know, you're a bitch. You treated my son badly. Uh, but she wins him over by asking completely without guile about his relatives and Hanukkah because that's the kind of thing that Piper would want to know before any of her legal jeopardy or that is addressed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really like this guy. I meant to look up the actor's name. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if he just, you know, he's a character actor maybe, so he has that face where I feel like I've seen him and stuff. Sure. But I really, really liked him. And I like the fact that he openly just doesn't like her and sure. doesn't like her shit. And he's like, you know, like when she's talking about the coffee, like this is the thing I miss, second most thing I miss or something. And mm-hmm. then he just kind of looks at her like, what? And she goes, Larry, Larry's the first thing I miss. And he's just like, I don't care about right. that. Like you hurt my son. Let's just talk about this. Yeah, I really like this character. I do too. Um, and I like just matter how matter of fact he is with her. It's like, look, you know, no one always tells the truth. But on the other hand, this is, a legal case. Mm-hmm. These are people not fucking around. You do not want to screw around with your legal legal jeopardy. And also, he gives a completely different story than Alex did about this guy. He's like, look, they got a bunch of evidence. This guy's going away. They spent a ton of money, and the feds don't spend money on anything unless they think they can win it. Yeah, yeah. So do you think he was – so clearly he was wrong, <laughs> right? About yeah. – like, is it um, – I'm trying to remember how this plays out because I know that she doesn't – Alex ends up not, not – testifying against him. Right. Okay. So who – what or would no, you have she done? Ends up, she ends up testifying against him. Right, right, right. That's it. Okay. So what would you have done? Like, I found both arguments compelling. Like, what – the advice that Larry's dad was giving her, but – 
the whole this guy can kill you and reach you no matter where he is scared the shit out of me. And I found myself feeling like I would have done what Alex said to do. See, I'm the exact opposite. I've got (laughs) – I tend to – if I've got engaged a professional, let's say, they're my doctor, they're my auto mechanic, they're my lawyer, and I've actually had real life experience going through a divorce and cars exploding and you mm-hmm. know having health problems, that once I decide I trust a person and I'm supposing that she would trust Larry's dad to give her good advice regardless, mm-hmm. that regards of what my gut tells me or what other people tell, I'd say that I'm going I my original estimation is this person's a professional and they know what they're talking about and they're an expert at this field and I'm gonna listen to them no matter what my gut says. Uh, so okay. Aaron in the situation would be like and then on the other hand I got this person who has lied to me and sold me up the river and caused me a bunch of grief, I'm going to side with the professional that has my best interest in heart and has not lied to me and is it has a fiduciary responsibility in a professional sense to not tell me a bunch of bullshit. Okay, well, I'm a pussy, so <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, okay, they can't give me more time. I don't remember if that was ever on the tape. I guess if they found out. That's the thing. They totally could. Yeah. 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 I guess they could. Perjury, obstruction of justice. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure what all they, how much more time they could throw onto her, but certainly more time. Yeah. I'm a pussy though. I still, I would have lied. All right. Hey, there's no, there's no shame in, in that. And I'm, I'm saying like, who knows what I'd actually do, but I'm just saying that like knowing myself the way I know myself, I think I probably would listen to the lawyer. Okay. Um, let's see. Where are we at here? Um, you know, again, Piper kind of growing up and being tougher. Uh, she goes in and these girls are still blowing her shit about, I guess we kind of hand wave through this, but she stepped on their cockroach, their champion cigarette running cockroach. Mm-hmm. And they want her to find another one or pay them 400 stamps, which I guess is the currency now that you can't smoke in prison. Is that? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess. And I'm very interested in knowing how that prison economy works. So if anyone knows, if anyone listening to this has uh, an idea or, you know, knows prison guards or has been a prisoner or knows prisoners, could you explain like, how do they get the stamps? How do they trade the stamps? How did they, did they turn those stamps into real money? Like I, I get somehow this has got to be people on the outside helping or I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what does it mean if you have a hundred stamps? What can you do with that? You know? I'm, I'm sure somebody listening knows somebody on the inside. It's got to be. I just, <laughs> I just don't have any experience with that, and and the, even all the television I watch, it doesn't really. I've never. Maybe I need to watch more Oz to find out <laughs> how all that stuff goes. Yeah, but you're right. This is the part where she kind of puts her foot down and she's like, this is not for real. Because yeah. I think the only evidence we saw besides the insanely big cockroach that Yoda that she stepped on when she first arrived, at one point, isn't there, I think the little redhead, the quiet one, is training one, right? Like in this like makeshift maze? Well, I think that's the crown tattoo. Crown eye, crown eyebrow tattoo is the trainer. Oh, that's what she was. Okay, it was her. Okay, yeah. So we see that, and she was just like, you know what? Fuck you guys. You're, right. There's no fucking. This isn't real. You're fucking with me. And right. I thought that's a pretty elaborate thing to do to be just to be fucking with you. Like the fact that she was True. actually handling a roach and, and yeah, putting yeah. it in this little maze. No, I think it's definitely real. Then, of course, at the end of the episode, we definitely see that it's mm-hmm. a real thing. I don't. I wonder. The question I had is, how much are these women real as far as beating the shit out of Piper? Yeah, true. Because you know, anybody can say they got thirteen tattoos and they killed thirteen people or whatever. But you know, yeah, it was thirteen little broken hearts. Right. Those were the tattoos. Right. That could be how many boyfriends she's had. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway. Um, 
towards the end, uh, Piper seems like she's going to be honest and she's trying to convince Alex and Alex is, you know, on the way to testify and Alex is like losing her mind saying that what an idiot she is. And with next year in the witness box and just before you testify, they, sh- they, they close the door to the outer chambers and you see kind of Alex looking dejected with her head in her hands. And that makes Piper completely change her mind. And she sells a big story about never having seen, uh, what's this guy's name? Kubra. Kubra. Never, never having seen Kubra and that she was only there for Alex. She's the one I paid attention to. Everyone else was just background within the camera focuses on Larry's father. Like what a dumbass. <laughs> and then Kubra looks very smugly satisfied, which I don't know if that goes anywhere. Uh, don't yeah. tell me if it does, but um, it's like Alex sells him up the river. So at the end of this, what what actually, you know, is Alex going to be in trouble? Is, 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 clearly their story isn't done, but yeah. I'm asking yeah. you, I, I'm putting you in the gym or in the Aaron position and I'm Jim where I'm asking you questions. I know you can't give me the answer. And I to. can just say that that's mildly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know what it feels like to be on the other side of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I like that when she kind of looks over her shoulder, she's about to testify, like you said, and Alex is looking just, you know, she's freaking out and she's scared. And it, it really called back what her grandmother said about making the decision that causes the least amount of pain to others. And in this particular situation, I, you know, I think, Piper can be a very selfish person. I, honestly, I haven't spoken to one person who watches this show who likes this character. Sure. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so for her to just do this kind of selfless thing, you know, for her. Um, and like you said, we see that, you know, Alex turns around and does the exact opposite. Um, and by the way, I did like her acting in that scene mm-hmm. when she finds out and she's like, fuck you, Alex. Fuck right. You. Yeah. She's a very good screen. She's great enraged screamer. She gives very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Emotional crier. Not so much. Enraged screamer. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So afterwards, uh, Larry's dad shows up and is like, fuck this bullshit. Uh, I don't think you ever loved my son. Uh, she has this weird flashback of better times with Cooper and Alex that mm-hmm. the punchline is she calls her dad to tell him happy birthday. She's in Europe jet setting. She's telling these, these massive lies to him about how she's really with her best friend, which I can't recall her name. Um, I, I can't either. It's the one that's shacked up with the Australian dude. Yeah. It's her pregnant. still best friend. Yeah. We, we yeah. saw her last season. Um, Polly, is it Polly? Yeah, I think that's it. But anyway, she's saying that she's with them and they're staying with relatives and don't worry. And yeah, I'm still the daughter that, you know, does everything safe and doesn't jump off the boxes, ev- uh, but jump off the box back, back a, a buck of bus, buck a back of buses. <laughs> and you taught me everything, dad, which, you know, all obviously blatant lie, but it's also something her grandma probably would approve of, right? Yeah. She's going yeah. her own way, but lying her way out of it to spare people complicated truths. Yep. Alex then comes in and says, you know, uh, I was thinking about what you said and I, it's all happened so fast. I ended up having to tell the truth. It looks like she's in street clothes with her lawyer, maybe getting released. And the Piper's left to scream. What the fuck did you do? Fuck you, Alex. And then she spots a big fat Yoda. Uh, and that's uh, fade to black in, in episode. I forgot to mention that earlier when she was arguing with her, when she, well, when she was first talking to her, she was learning why she's there and everything. She spotted a roach and she said, it's big and it's slow. It's a biggie slow. It's a biggie slow. <laughs> <I don't- laughs> 
Right. I don't know why I love that. I found that so funny. Uh, no, it was. I mean, that's kind of a callback to this her weird obsession with the the mythical chicken. The chicken, right? The, the what they call that? The chickening. Yeah, that that yeah. you know, like she was on her phone with Larry at one point, and she just like saw the chick- chicken go by, and she just basically drops the phone. Like there is yeah. something, you know, once she buys into this bullshit, she like throws herself all the way into it. Yeah, she does, and I think that was like a problem too, like with their relationship last season, right? About how he's like, just keep your head down and do your time, and stop getting involved in all these like the social politics and the drama and right. all that. Which yeah, I've heard, but she just can't. I have read some firsthand prison accounts, and it seems like that's the way to go. You know, what? Just keep your head down. Keep your head down. Um, don't be mean, but don't be exceptionally friendly. Don't yeah. don't get in anyone's debt. Don't accept anybody's favors. And watch where you're stepping. Don't step on roaches. Yeah, and and you you know just do your time. And that. Yeah. So if you ever fall, you know, uh, maybe maybe you should have a, a weekly prison tip. You should. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like your survival guides for uh, Yeah, except yeah. for yeah, we've got no you know, it's like this is terrible advice could get you killed, but we'll state it with authority. Yes, love it. Uh anyway, uh we got a little bit of feedback. Before we do that, um we can uh do a little bit of pimping. Uh of course, we're part of the Bald Move Network and you can find all of our podcasts. We do so many things. It's got you know, Mad Men, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. Uh, Breaking Bad, lots of stuff that I'm probably not even thinking of, plus our affiliates, Personal Arrogance, and uh, Kelly over up yours downstairs will be joining us in later podcasts on Orange and the New Black. And the Because Show, uh, one of the co-hosts there, Amy, will also be joining us. Uh, we've got so much content, you can't even keep up with it at baldmove.com. You can support us at subbable.com slash baldmove. It's a free subscription system. You can pay us nothing. You can pay us... a one time buck you can send us a buck a month the upshot is every dollar you spend goes into a perk bank that you can then exchange for valuable uh rewards and there's all things from backer certificates to personalized photos and recordings and all the way up to commissioning a podcast we've had two of those so far one on metalocalypse one we just recorded today on the sweet hereafter a 1997 film that a guy named ali wanted us to record you can do that too check it out at subbable.com slash bald move of course Amazon dot or Amazon dot move dot com. If you shop on Amazon, please use our link and give us free money. Uh, Nina, would you care to plug your endeavors? Uh, well, I just have my website, which is Project Fandom. Um, we do recaps of television shows, movie reviews, book reviews, gaming, both tabletop and video games. Um, and then our podcast is Podcast Fandom. Um, we're not as prolific as <laughs> Jim and Aaron, but um, you're working we, your way there. We're trying. We're trying. Um, we're currently only covering Game of Thrones. Um, all the other shows we're covering have since had their season finales. Um, but this summer, we're going to be doing The Leftovers, The Strain, and then True Blood. I was going to say you left the best for last. Yeah, it should be just a hot ass mess of fun. Um, but yeah, you can check us out at Podcast Fandom. We just it's a lot of fun. It's just basically me and a bunch of of my friends who like to talk about geeky stuff. So, uh, thanks for that. And thanks for joining us. Um, we've also got some feedback. So let's talk about that now. Okay. Uh, Paul B on Facebook says, I can't imagine, or I can't imagine this may come off as sexist, but I hope the presence of chicks doesn't limit the dick jokes. Nina, would uh, you care to comment? Listen, uh, I 
have the nastiest mouth of any woman you'll ever meet. Like, I don't have a problem uh, with dick jokes. I don't have any on hand right now. There wasn't a lot of dicks to joke about. It's just basically no. the assassin grabbing his crotch a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned, though. All right. Uh, Marcus D., uh, says, I was very hesitant to start. He goes, uh, in parentheses, putting on my sexist hat. I was very hesitant to start watching another show with the women's struggles as the main focus in the series, but this is only because I just finished binge watching three seasons of Scandal with my wife, which should be <laughs> testament to my love and devotion, as that show is just god awful. Uh, you, you're a Scandal fan, aren't you? Yes, I am. Is it like. Is it a legitimate hot ass mess, or is no, he being a little unfair? No, it's not. It's actually, it's not. I actually got John, one of my co-hosts on the podcast, to watch it, and it's actually pretty good. And it's, you know, it's some steamy sex. And I support black women endeavors, so all right. I'm all about a show created by and written by a black woman starring a black woman. It's pretty cool. Well, he's going to put his sexist hat back in a drawer and say, after finishing the first season last night, I must say I'm amazed. The show is great. Some of those darkest comedies that you can't help but laugh at. Incredibly magnetic characters and still able to hit the dramatic marks without overdoing it. Looking forward to making this series one of my regulars, and I can't wait to listen to the cast. I had a similar confession last season, the only reason I started watching and this is the sexist hat you can put on, is because I read on Reddit that Laura Preppen's boobs were seen in like the first 30 seconds. And I'm like, I was sitting at home when, and I, I said to myself, self, you have Netflix. You're 30 <laughs> seconds away from seeing Laura Preppen's boobs. And you've wondered about that since the 70s show. So I, I started watching it with the full intent of just shutting it off, but I just let that first episode play and I was fucking hooked. So were, I, were they everything you hoped they would be? You know, they almost, that's the, okay. So here's a guy thing. Like if I'm – if I see an actress – there's – okay. I, let's put another thing. There's almost no one that I'm not interested in seeing naked as, okay. a, as a man. Like if I see a woman, it's like I, – I, it's always a passing thought. I wonder what she looks like naked. So if there's – you know, I, I'm not above like Googling for blah, 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 na- naked or nude or whatever. <laughs> I sometimes do that. Very rarely – Am I go away like super impressed? Because here's the thing. Naked people are naked people. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. six or seven archetypes and then you've pretty much seen them all, but you still want, you, know, you keep on hoping the next one is going to blow, you know, blow your doors off. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I say about Laura Preppen's boobies. They're, they're, yeah. they're, exce- they're just fine. They're, okay. they're, well, spoiler alert. They're not um, unicorns. I've seen the entire second season of this, and by episode 12, I saw a pair of boobies I never wanted to see. So you guys listening, remember that when you get to episode 12. You know what I'm talking about. You definitely – I mean that's the – I mean that's the thing about the nudity on this show is like it's – you see everything. Yeah, they're not trying to just show you like the firm – You get the Piper Chapman, you get the Laura Preppins, (laughs) and you get the 70-year-old – Yes. Uh, Women. And it's – you know, it is what it is. It's the human body. So – Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I came for the titties and I stayed for the quality, dra- dramatic interactions with these strong, interesting female characters. So there you go. Uh, Mallory K says, uh, agreed with you. Laura Petty looks rough. Didn't almost didn't recognize her, but her voice gives her away. Uh, some laugh out loud moments. And Jodie Foster did a great job directing. Did you know that Jodie Foster directed this episode? Yeah, I actually have that in my in my notes that to bring up before we <laughs> We le- I didn't notice it. I didn't know it the first time I watched it, but I noticed it the second time I watched for podcast notes. Yeah. Right, right. 
Um, I had no idea that she was doing television directing, and I guess she does maybe two episodes this this season. Oh, really? I, now I have to go back and see which ones they they were. I'll have to go back too, and I, I I keep meaning I'm trying to transition where I talk more about the writers and directors of every podcast. So if I'm ever on <laughs> one and I forget to do that, make sure you kick me and let me know because I definitely trying to be more aware of that and and. Uh, what do you think it was about this one? Why why do you think she did the first one? Because I mean, it is so. You know, we talked about this last week, like our expectations, and I was like, oh, I'm the supporting characters. And then I watched the first episode the next morning, and none of them were there. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah, same but here. It, it did feel like, you know, obviously, because it, you know, the set locations are different, and, and they, you know, she went to Chicago and all that. It did feel bigger than the other episodes. Um, do you think that's why they got Jodie Foster to do this one? You know, I that presupposes that there was an act of choice. I mean, the mm. way I always see this is, with rare exception, they usually have like a bullpen of directors that they've agreed to work with, and they got to get the material and they divvy it up. And I don't know that anyone calls their shots, and I have no information about whether it was different in this case. Okay. Okay. Um, I know that there's. I think that sometimes certain directors get you know earmarked for some episodes, but I I, I don't know. Um, yeah. As a Midwest guy, I thought it was awesome to see Chicago really showcase. I mean, they spent like a minute, like, uh, you know, tour, just kind of as a tourist driving around the city and showing some of the interesting architecture and, the, you know, going over the river. And mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, did my heart good. Um, let's see. Moving on to Juan at TD said, uh, only feedback I can give is that shit was fucked up when Alex did the Piper. Said, however, thinking back, you can interpret it as not a double cross on Alex's part. It was just that Piper's speech about telling the truth got to Alex, and it was just that Piper gave her testimony first, and Alex couldn't hear it. I, I am biased to think that Alex is the devil. Do you think <laughs> that it could just be that her? I, I feel like that she was manipulating Piper into doing that the the entire time. I don't know, honestly. I think the second time I watched it, what really struck me was her saying but I thought you were going to tell the truth. So, I mean, it's, I feel like it's plausible that, that, yeah, that's that she, true. she wasn't, do you know what I mean? Like every, it made sense. It, I think it, it could be that she just was, her lawyer was like, listen, no, this is the best thing that you should do. And it happened so fast. And, and then she figured, well, what the hell, you know, Piper's going to tell the truth. So I'll tell the truth too. Yeah. Cause wh- otherwise, what was her game trying to t- talk her into not testifying? Right. Well, like you said, if she's the devil, I don't oh, know. Oh, and she I, and she intended to do that so she would get because it's kind of like the first person that cuts a deal, or maybe they'd go extra lenient on her since she did turn state's evidence and the other one didn't. Yeah, that's the that that seems to be a thing that happens. Like the first yeah. one to talk gets the deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, Ben R says one of the things I'd like to highlight is the fight that broke out between Lori Petty and the elderly inmate in the prison yard. This is another classic example of Piper's misguided assertion that bad things just keep happening to her without having any active hand in the matter. Part of her story is her gradual realization that she is responsible for the chaos of her life. Chaos doesn't just create itself. The fight occurs after Piper weeps on the plane in remorse for the dark urges she felt in trying to kill Pensatucky. It's almost Walter Whiteish character who's becoming aware of their dark side while wrestling with the acceptance of such criminal behavior. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of parallels between Piper and Walter. It's this person who started out as a low level criminal and, uh, uh, sorry, there's like a emergency vehicle going by. So you may hear some sirens. Sorry. Um, They're on to us. Abort, abort. (laughs) Um, so yeah. So what, yeah. What were the, what, 
would those parallels be? Like that she's the, the whole idea that she's in over her head and she's causing these bad things to happen. Well, happen to herself and the people around her. I think one of the most unappealing things about Walter White, and certainly he had his appeal, but one of it was this kind of like, on the one hand, he'd just be shocked and just all in the vapors about the terrible things happening, all the while doing terrible things himself. You know, and it's like he never learned like, oh, these were terribly shocking. And, you know, it, he it, he learned, I think, feel like the wrong lessons from people instead of, um, you know, seeing what Gus did as being like horrible and it doesn't foster loyalty. And it, it's almost like as soon as he got in a position of power to do that, he was ready to do it as well. And I Turn feel like the same thing. Yeah, And you see sometimes like this Piper, she's shocked at some of these violent things and some of these things that keep happening to her, but she's, she will then in the very next episode, intimidate someone or use the fact that she almost beat someone to death as a bargaining chip. And it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's interesting. I'm not saying it's like, that's bad for a character to do, but it is very hypocritical. And yeah. it's, you know, that's one of Walter White's defining features is that his hypocrisy. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, anyway, I, I, I was feeling what are you saying? Nikki P said, I like seeing another prison and being able to compare it to the one from last season. They made her first prison look more like an ideal location by comparison. <laughs> you don't tend to think of any prison as being quote unquote good. In this episode, they threw us into confusion and made us yearn for Piper to be able to go back home only to realize that both we and the character thought of a prison as home. Uh Piper's call to her ex-fiance was totally a toxic codependent move. Although his dad is a lawyer, her parents have some money and can hire one for, for her. It's not like calling her ex is the only way she has access to legal representation. Is a good way of reminding us how toxic, uh, reminding us how toxic of how much drama she brings into her uh, other people's lives. That's a good point. I totally didn't think about that. That yeah, sure. I, I was just thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense because his dad is her lawyer. But yeah, she's absolutely right. She could have called her parents to get in touch with her lawyer. Certainly. Or hire a different one. You know, right, she's like they right. said they've got money and I'm sure if uh you know he they called, although I don't I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how her family would react to that kind of phone call from what we know of them. Uh she continues the whole cockroach thing really reminded me of the rooster thing from last season, which we talked about. Uh, I enjoyed the scenes involving the flight to Chicago, though. Her ability to distinguish skylines is a nice little way of identifying her privilege because it indicates that she has been able to travel a lot. I personally don't know skylines on site. I think this episode is just about where the uh, where the book by the real Piper ends. Does this mean that going forward, much of the show will be fictional? If so, do you guys think that will be a good thing? What do you think, Nina? Um, yeah, I purposely hadn't read the book. I did. I feel like there was an interview with the real life person represented by Alex uh -huh. who said that she thought that they'd already taken a lot of dramatic license with the relationship and how things went down, sure. you know, which is understandable. Right. Um, but no, I'm, I'm actually excited to know um, that this is kind of where the book ends. And so it'll be a lot more fiction from here on out. Because again, the thing that I enjoy most about the series is, is the, the supporting characters, which I would imagine are maybe some are based off of people she experienced, but they're so larger than life that, um, yeah, I would imagine that they now have free reign to kind of, you know, go off from the books. I like that actually. No, totally. I agree. And I, I feel like that it's going to be freeing to not have to go through and you know to whatever extent they followed the original material to get beyond that. 
I think that's that's exciting because now she doesn't have to worry about carrying Piper's story forward. She can, you know, give a focus to some of these other ladies that deserve attention. Mm-hmm. And so I do think it's going to be a good thing. I also thought it was, again, very – I agree with Nikki about it showing her privilege that she could recognize Chicago, although I'm not the most well-traveled guy in the world. And there's a few – like I could recognize Indianapolis, New York, Seattle, and Chicago. That's probably I, all of them, but I could definitely recognize any of those cities on site. Oh, I'm with Nikki. I, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I probably couldn't recognize New York. It's like if I'm sitting in a plane and I didn't know where I was going. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm with her. I don't think I could recognize skylines, maybe other than New York. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, cause the Seattle's got, you know, the, well, the, what's the, the space needle. needle. Yeah. And Chicago, the Sears Tower is just a dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, New York of Manhattan and all the different landmarks. So maybe, maybe LA. Maybe I could do that. That would be interesting. Depends now on I want to direction. test myself. Yeah. <laughs> Get on. Is there like a Google Maps feature where you can say set the altitude to 5,000 feet and just go up to different cities and see what they look like? It should be. I'm sure there is. <laughs> um, that's all the feedback we got. You got any final comments? Um, no, I just want to point out one other thing besides the Jodie Foster thing. Um, the book that she was reading in the very beginning when oh, yeah. they came to wake her up. Did mm-hmm. you notice what book that was? I did not. I believe in someone else with, um, you know, better eyesight. I thought I, I ran it back a couple of times. It looks like it was the cover of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Really, I've yeah, read that book. I, yeah, I, listen, look at me. I'm trying to bring some like madman level insight to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have set the bar so high. No, I, yeah, I've not read that book. I've read uh, uh, Seth Graham Smith's other book, the um, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and I enjoyed that, but I'm pretty sure that was the book, and so I haven't read it, and I don't know if anybody else out there caught it and maybe has read the book, because I don't know if it means anything, but um, I'm pretty sure that was the book she had. I don't know what it could mean, because I don't I don't know if you know this, but Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is literally 80% the original Pride and Prejudice, and they've added about 20% of new material that completely changes the book into a zombie uh, thing. Oh, that's disappointing. It really was because it was a it was a bizarre. I just rather read the original material, honestly. Um, yeah. Because I mean, it's kind of inventive how they used bits and pieces of the original novel to then mm-hmm. hang the zombie thing on with very little alterations. But no, I thought it was going to be a completely different work based on that. Instead, it was felt like uh, a shitty riff tracks version <laughs> of the 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 original. So. And I can't, I'm trying to think like what, you know, it's like zombies and, you know, how that would relate to prisoners and the the love story. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think last season she was reading Gone Girl and that's about a man, woman who's somewhat manipulative and spoiled and privileged. So I thought that was huh. interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you go on to have uh, any takes on any of that stuff books or fatties or slow slow fat was it slow slow biggie biggie slows biggie, biggie slows <laughs> dick jokes any of that stuff uh you can do so at orange at baldmove.com you can participate we're gonna have a weekly show thread and podcast thread on facebook.com slash baldmove if you'd like to join us to, in the discussion there i imagine that'll be a lot of fun you can follow jim on twitter at baldmove but he's not gonna have any idea what the fuck you're talking about if it's orange is the new black because he is not uh, engaged in this adventure with us, but that's okay. Uh, you, you can find out. Uh, he at least retweets the post that I make. He does that much. So you can still <laughs> find out the second that our posts drop, 
uh, on Twitter. Um, again, find Nina at projectfandom.com. What was your podcast link? Uh, podcast fandom. Podcastfandom.com. Oh, no, it's just, just you can go to the website. Oh, okay. Um, so check that out and we'll see you back in a couple episodes. And again, I just can't tell you all you, all you gals enough that if there's something you want to chime on in an episode, please drop me some feedback or let me know and I can patch you in because the more the merrier, if you've got, you know, I know that you were, uh, salivating over one episode in particular that Cecily's got. If yeah. you want to, if you want to horn in there for five or 10 minutes, be my guest. Okay. I'll may hold you to that. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, thanks for helping us out, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. No problem. Thanks.